Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. How's everyone doing? I feel like it's been a while since I've done this. It's been a while since I've actually recorded an episode of me chatting about books. And I mean, I've read a few um, in between now and then, but I'm not going to just chuck them all at you at once. Don't want to overwhelm anyone because I get those messages all the time. Like, oh, I love the podcast, which of course is great. And they're like, Bob, but my book reading list is, is way too long. Um, obviously, just pick and choose the books that resonate with you. Um, I don't need to tell you that. You're all adults, maybe. Maybe there's some kids, but um, I do swear, so don't follow what I do. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be behind the mic again, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I'm I'm buzzing. I feel like I'm striking while the iron's hot. I've been listening to some music, dancing around the kitchen this morning, which I would highly recommend. So there's the first recommendation for you today. But the books I want to talk about... Actually, no, I don't want to talk about the books just yet. I want to talk about the plans for the podcast. Now, this is episode 40. It's a nice round number. I'm born on the 4th of November. 4 plus a 0 on the end of it is 40. Uh, So I'm going to have a little bit of a break in terms of just getting myself prepped. And we call it the end of season 1. So we call this like the end of season 1 wrap-up. And I've got two books for you today. But before we go into those two books, like I just said a moment ago, I want to talk to you about something. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the episode, sharing it with their friends, telling their mums about it, telling their sisters about it, telling their brothers about it. I do feel like I I, I need some more male listeners because it is very female heavy at the moment. And we do need to get everyone into reading and try and light that fire in everyone. So if you can do your bit to tell your brothers, tell your boyfriends, tell your friends, tell whoever you're shagging to listen to the podcast just give it a chance and hopefully we'll inspire some more readers and it will be done as a team now i've got a set number of downloads in my head that i want to reach before i start releasing season two it's a bit of a stretch so i do need your help i do need you to tell other people about it share the episode so if you like it pop it on your instagram story i don't know write it down on a bit of paper and send it in the post to someone um i really really appreciate it i wouldn't carry on doing it if it wasn't for everyone listening because there's no point talking to yourself or is there i'm sure there probably is actually but what a journey it's been and one thing i wanted to talk about was my haircuts so i started the podcast and i had a relatively normal haircut i hadn't got dyed hair or anything a couple weeks into the podcast i bleach blonded bleach blonded dyed my hair bleach blonde and then went white and looked a little bit like Ellen DeGeneres. And now, I've got a bold head. And the significance of that bold head is, for years, I've just been worried about my hairline. And I think that's a common thing. Any boy that has a less than straight and perfect hairline really worries about it. And I've just got to say how liberating it is to have a shaved head because I don't give a fuck anymore. And it's not in a way that like, I'm like, oh, I don't give a shit. I just mean like, I don't have to worry about it. I don't worry about the wind. And it makes me a little bit sad that I cared so much before because at the end of the day, it is only hair. And, you know, I'm, I'm more than my hair. You're more than your hair. And I just think it's a little bit sad that we worry about what other people think when the reality is anyone I've told about that I said oh, I've not really noticed it like I'm not it's not been a thought and it it's nice to remember sometimes that people actually don't give a shit about you in the nicest way 
they're not bothered. They're way more bothered about what's going on in their own head and in their own like their own insecurities. So that's how I wanted to start off and just saying, look, my hairline, it's not perfect, but I'm bold now and I don't give a shit. So if you want to shave your head, I highly recommend it. Boy or girl, go Britney 2007. That's all we've got to do. With that rant, I'm going to start introducing a lot more rants into uh, the podcasts because I like doing it. I'm going to get into the books. Now, Skippy Dies is the first book I'm going to talk about. It's by a guy called Paul Murray. It is incredible. It is long. It's about 600 and something pages and it did take me, I think, a few weeks to read because I was reading other books and doing stuff for other episodes and reading stuff for guest episodes. But honestly, it was an absolute pleasure to read and I feel like I, I want to explain so much about the book so that I can give you guys the same experience that I had reading it. But Skippy Dies follows the story of a boy called Skippy. And guess what? He dies. And you read that at the start of the book, so I'm not ruining anything for you there. But then it goes back in time, and it follows basically a group of teenage boys in a boarding school in Ireland. I'm not sure what time it's meant to be, but there are they are texting on phone, so I'm imagining, imagining it's maybe early 2000s or something like that. It is such a funny book. It is so funny. And it is, like, it makes your heart full. Is the only way I can put it. There's stories about love in there. There's stories about heartbreak. There's stories about drugs. There's stories about psychopaths. But the most important thing is you get inside the mind of teenage boys. And I've been a teenage boy, and it is a funny place to be. Like, you think the most rogue things... That now as an adult, you look back and reflect and think, what the hell was I thinking? And one of the examples um, that I'm going to pull from the book is when they're talking about a guy called Carl. Now, Carl is a nasty little shit in the book. Um, He sells drugs in school. He sells, like, diet pills to girls. Um, So, like, you can see that this book goes into some real-life issues, by the way, um, which is, like, it's really bravely written in that sense. So, talking about Kyle... Carl, sorry, and the boys, Skippy and his friends, are talking about Carl. And they're saying, why on earth would anyone want to go out with Carl? And one of the boys says, because that's what girls do, you idiot. The more of an arsehole a guy is, the more girls he's got lining up to give him a blowjob. It's a scientific fact. And I just think that is so funny. Like, there's loads of little bits like that in the book where you're like, how on earth can a human being think that that's right? Which is an interesting subject, by the way, because I do think they say nice guys finish last. And like with all cliches, like there is a reason for that. Um, but whatever, let's, let's not go into that. It's just funny. They like take the piss out of each other. They like they call each other gay all the time, which like that's what it was like in school. Definitely not nowadays. And I'm not saying that it was right, but that's that's what makes it so difficult for, I guess, teenagers to come out. Is because in school, the word gay isn't actually associated with the word gay. It just means like, oh, that's shit. Which is so bad when you think about it. Which I have a lot because I definitely used to say stuff um, like that. I remember being on the holiday once and one of my mum's friends 
son said to Karen, my mum's friend, Karen's lesbian, and he goes, oh, stop being so gay, Karen. And obviously he didn't mean it, like, stop being lesbian. He just meant, like, I'll just stop being annoying. And she was like, well, I can't help it. Um, And I'll always remember that. And then, yeah, funny. Next bit of the book that I want to talk about is it follows a teacher as well as the little boys, and his name is Howard the Coward. Howard Farrelly, I think his name is. And you follow his life. He's gone from like an insurance broker to at the age of 27, he really fucked up. So he went to be a history teacher and he hates his job and he hates his life. And he's got like a wife that he doesn't like and he's not happy with it. And then some super fit supply teacher comes into the school. All hell breaks loose. And I'll leave you to read it if you're going to read it um, for the rest of that. But at one point, Howard is really sad. And he goes into the pub and his, and his mate tells him a joke. And at the start of this chapter, honestly, I really felt like I wanted to cry for Howard because I was just feeling really sad because it goes right into his story of heartbreak and stuff. It is, it is beautiful, if I'm going to chuck that out there. Um, but the joke that he says is a man walks into a bar. When the man walks into a bar, he sits down at a stool. A couple of stools down from him, there's a man with the smallest head he's ever seen. And that's a head, like the head of a cue ball for Paul. So like tiny, a couple of inches around. So after a drink, he gets the confidence and goes up to him. Look, I'm, I don't want to seem rude, mate, but do you mind me asking what happened to your head? So the tiny little headed man turns his tiny little head around and says, oh yeah, no worries, don't worry. I'm not going to do that voice for the whole joke, by the way, just to interrupt myself. So he goes, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I was actually in the Second World War. And then... My ship got torpedoed. And all of my crewmates died. I should have died as well. But I felt these hands on me, pulling me to the surface. And I came to and I was on a rock in the middle of the ocean, getting mouth to mouth from this mermaid creature. I was so surprised that I was saved and I was so, so thankful. So I said to this mermaid, oh, is there anything I can do to repay you? So the mermaid was touched by the guy's gratitude and says, no, don't worry about it. There's nothing you can do for me. That being said, like, I'm really touched by your gratitude. So I'll give you three wishes as well, and I'll grant them for you. So straight away, he says, I don't want to be in the war anymore. So she clicks her little mermaid fingers. Obviously, she's got human fingers, because that's what it is. Top's a human, bottom's a mermaid. And they're back on land. So he's sitting there on the beach, and he's got the sand in his hand, and he's playing through it. He can't believe it. So he's, thank you so, so much. You've done so much for me, but... Not to be cheeky, but I, I suppose what I really need now is, is some money so I can get back home and to tide me over and set me up now that, now that I'm back in England. So she clicks her fingers and his pockets are full of cash. Like enough money to last him at least three or four years. So he's definitely set up to start a business and he starts crying and he's, he's so, so grateful. So he slowly turns his head to the mermaid and it's like, look, if I'm, if I'm honest, my, my third and final wish because you've done so much for me, you've done more than anyone's ever done. And I really liked the mouth-to-mouth, is if we could have sex. The mermaid looks at him somewhat sadly and says, look, it, it doesn't work like that. We, I'm, I'm, I've got a fish body, you, you, you're a man, it, it, it won't work. So almost instantly he goes, oh, okay, what about little head? Okay, I'll come in now because obviously you've just stopped laughing. I love that joke and I've really struggled to 
like keep a straight face while I was going through it. But the wild thing about that is at the start of that chapter, I felt genuine sadness for the character. And I was so invested in them. And then they come out with that joke. And I instantly told my sister, my mum, my dad. And I've told it to pretty much everyone I've been seeing recently. It's had a great reception. So you can have that joke for free. But make sure you tell everyone that came from my podcast um, and that they need to listen. To summarise, I've only really told you two things about this book. But it is beautiful. And I really, really mean that. There is so many little nice messages. There's so many real life issues that he goes into that you wouldn't expect from such a funny book the guy is a fucking genius and i got recommended this by a guy called mark hayes so shout out to mark hayes he's an irish comedian that um lives in america i just came across him from a podcast and um messaged him about coming on and i mean he said yes but i haven't had him on just yet so it goes to show um that he's not on just yet but he's very, very funny if you want to follow him. He does pretty funny Instagram posts. Um, it's at Mark Hayes, I believe. But Skippy Dies, five stars. One of the best novels I've ever read. And I just I just want everyone to read it just so they can experience it. So I'm going to put a link below. Of course, it's an Amazon affiliate link. If you want to get it from Amazon, please do via my link. It supports the podcast. Second book that I want to talk to you about, I didn't love as much. I know you think, oh, but Ed, you love every book that you read. Well, guess what, guys? I don't. Not today. Not this one. This one, I was very disappointed with. And it was The Pilgrimage by Paolo Coelho. And if you've been listening at all throughout the whole time that I've been doing this podcast, you'll realise that Paolo Coelho is the author of The Alchemist, which is one of my favourite books ever. And I recommend that to everyone. And I've bought that for multiple people. The story of this, I think it follows Paolo Coelho, but I couldn't work it out for the whole time when he goes on a pilgrimage from the road to, road to Santiago, all in pursuit of getting his sword for some weird ceremony. And I just think grown men playing with swords is just a bit weird and kind of would just say grow up. Um, but I mean, that being said, if someone brought me a pretty cool sword, I would definitely play with, be playing with it. But I wouldn't walk halfway across Spain um, to get a sword. The one thing, I, w- I want to get this out there. The one thing I did not like about this book is that one of the religious teachings that he said is about self-harm. So it's, there's literally a whole page dedicated to this so that whenever you have a negative thought about yourself, you dig the nail from your index finger into the cuticle of your thumbnail to cause pain and i just don't think books should be promoting self-harm like that now self-harm obviously comes in many many different forms nowadays i feel like if i was going to self-harm i'd probably want to eat like seven bags of maltesers or something like that and and feel it that way um not not to joke you can't joke about actually um it's not a nice thing um to talk about but yeah they shouldn't be promoting it in books essentially especially a book that's by an author with such clout in the um like the writing world it's just it's just a bit weird that it was in there and someone commented on an instagram post saying oh that's what they um it's like an ancient catholic teaching so i said oh i wonder how much self-harm you have to do when you fuck a kid <laughs> and he deleted the um comment but i'm obviously like 
I was joking. And he said, oh, I didn't want to promote that kind of reaction from you. So what kind of reaction? It was a joke. You know, there's a reputation for a reason. If you look into Catholicism and like the children are buried under the, whatever you call it, big church in Italy, it's a bit weird. I'm not saying it happens now and it happens all the time. But here's an interesting story for you. So someone that I know, his name begins with D and rhymes with rad. His, (laughs) my dad, (laughs) his uncle was a Catholic priest. And he had an affair with a woman, and who was an adult woman, by the way. He had an affair with her. She got pregnant. The Catholic Church paid for her to move to Canada. And this only came out around the time of his funeral. How mental is that? So, I mean, if they can cover stuff up like that, like, they're definitely covering, covering other stuff up. Um, but I've gone, I've gone way off on a tangent there. Other than that, like the book was okay. There's a lot of good lessons to be learned in there. There's some quotes in there that were very helpful and that I definitely think people, like, you you can take a lot from the book if you ignore the fact that he wants you to hurt yourself. And he says, like, there's, there's lessons of a pilgrim. And that's, like, the most important bit. He's like, be open when you're traveling, when you're going to different places, be open to speaking to the locals because no one knows the city or the town or the area like the locals. Do your best to try and learn the language. I just went to Portugal recently and I didn't know any Portuguese and I spent 15 minutes in the shop trying to say that I wanted half a chicken. And, oh, it was just just pathetic and I annoyed myself really because I I literally should have just learned how to ask for things but just typical ignorant English way of doing it, I didn't bother. One of the quotes that sticks out from this book, he says, a boat in the dock is safe, but that is not what boats are designed for. And that is very, very true. So if you're ever thinking about potentially going somewhere, obviously you are a boat and you're safe at home, but that's not what you're designed to do. Now, the other thing, is don't be afraid to stray from the path a little bit. Don't buy too much when you're there. And don't try and see things too quickly. So when you go to somewhere else, like don't try and rush around the city and see it in a day and take all your pictures, because it takes away from the experience. These lessons, by the way, are crammed into like a 290-page book. It was really, really easy to read, I'll give them that. And they do talk about God a lot. I know I'm jumping from thing to thing here, but I mean, sue me. When it comes to reading books about religion, I've spoken about this before when you're talking about Eckhart Tolle and stuff. I have a different attitude to it now. Um, Since reading Rebel Ideas by Matthew Syed, it's just because they believe in something that you don't doesn't mean that they haven't got something to tell you. So obviously just because there's this cruelty exercise in there doesn't mean there isn't a lot else that I could learn from this. There are lots of exercises that would be helpful for people, like breathing exercises. Um, There's one in the book where you pretend to be buried and you, you pretend that you've been buried alive and that you're in a coffin and after about five minutes of being in this pretend coffin, you scream and open the door and I bet that is quite therapeutic 
on a side note, I know there's been loads of side notes today, but I watched a film called Honey Boy the other day by uh, Sheila Booth, Shia Booth, whatever you want to say. And it basically follows a child actor from when he's a child and when he's an adult and when he's in rehab. And they tell him to go into the forest and just scream out loud. And it just evokes all these emotions in him and he just starts crying. And it is good to have a cry, of course. You know, your boy here is a big advocate of a cry. I probably cried last week, like twice. So, yeah. And, I mean, it does make you feel a bit better after but yes, so that was the point in the exercise. The coffin exercise, I think the scream is quite therapeutic. That's where I was going with that. Do I think this book is worth reading? I think if you can ignore the fact that he talks about God and take the new attitude of rebel ideas and you can take things from everyone, then yes, it's, it's an all right read. The fact that he includes the cruelty exercise really, really ruins it for me. And it makes me not want to talk about it too much because I mean just don't tell people to self-harm lots of people probably bought this book I bet there's loads of people that have bought this book this edition that I've got is the 25th anniversary edition um, and it was the precursor to The Alchemist apparently so I bet fucking loads of people have bought this book which I'm yeah the Goodreads reviews are like 3.8 I give it a 3 purely because there were some good lessons in there. I put a post about it on Instagram. Um, if you want to have a look at that, that's on at a need to read with the number two, as opposed to the word, of course. That's it going to wrap it up. This is the end of season one. I'm not actually going to take the time to split it on the podcasting apps of season one and season two. But you know this is the end of season one. I can't thank everyone enough for listening all this time. It is brilliant. I have almost a crazy belief in this podcast and what it can do and how big it can get, which is very, very strange because I don't often believe in myself that much um, for most things. But whenever I'm putting my mind to something, you just can't tell me no. And I'm really, really happy that you guys listening are supporting the podcast. It is fantastic. But obviously, a book review episode would be nothing without... A, like a stoic thought of the week or a philosophy thought of the week this week of course it's stoicism again because it's one of my favorite philosophies so here it is it's very apt considering what we're talking about like about rebel ideas and about how my opinion has changed on people talking about god or anything like that but it says expect to change your opinions and it comes from epictetus and discourses it says there are two things that must be rooted rooted out in human beings Arrogant opinion and mistrust. Arrogant opinion expects that there is nothing further needed, and mistrust assumes that under the torrent of circumstances, there can be no happiness. So Ryan Holiday says here in the Daily Stoic, How often do we begin some project certain we know exactly how it will go? How often do we meet people and think we know exactly who and what they are? And how often are these assumptions proved to be completely and utterly wrong? This is why we must fight our biases and preconceptions, because they are a liability. Ask yourself, what haven't I considered? Why is this the way it is? Why am I part of the problem here? Or the solution? Could I be wrong? Be doubtly careful to honour what you do not know, and then set that against the knowledge you actually have. And he says, remember, if there's one core teaching in the heart of this philosophy, it's that we're not as smart or as wise as we'd like to think we are. 
If we ever do want to become wise, it comes from questioning and from humility. Not, as many would like to think, from certainty, mistrust or arrogance. So here's the here's the main lessons from this episode today. You don't know everything. Whatever your insecurities are, everyone else has got their own and they're probably thinking about them as opposed to you. Take that from a bold 25-year-old man. I don't know if I'll be bold for a while, but I am enjoying it. And also, don't, don't make jokes um, about priests and children on the internet because people don't like it. Um, and if you didn't like that joke, then, well, I won't be doing it again, I'm sure, in a hurry. But I thought I'd tell you about it anyway because I'm me, you are you, we've got to be each other. Um and there you go. But yeah, do you know what? I felt really good today. This episode was done in one take, one take Drake. Next season is going to be very, very exciting. And I've got some unbelievable guests lined up and I can't wait to bring them to you. And also I've got a new microphone and it's sick. And I'm just really, really excited. Thank you so much to everyone that listens to the podcast, likes stuff on Instagram, is on the email list. You are all legends. And whatever day you listen to this, I just hope you have a fucking good day, you legends. Um, and before I go, sign up to my email, email list, um, follow us on Instagram. You know the drill. It's at a need to read with the number two. Have a good day, legends. <laughs>